Welcome to the Poultry Health Today podcast, where we talk all health, all the time. Here, engaging interviews with today's leading industry experts. Hosted by Poultry Health Today editors, podcast episodes highlight the latest ideas, insights, and advice to improve poultry health, welfare, performance, and food safety. Hi, I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Ashley Peterson. She is Vice President of Scientific and Regulatory Affairs for National Chicken Council. Great to see you, Ashley. Good to see you too, Joe. Now, I guess congratulations are in order for both you and the National Chicken Council. Uh, You recently petitioned the USDA Food Safety and Inspection Service to take a second look at avian leucosis. And as I understand it, Ashley, avian leucosis is a condition that once led inspectors to condemn whole carcasses. And now under this new rule, they're saying, well, there's no need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We can go ahead and and trim the carcass. Um, This is obviously a really big win for the poultry industry, certainly has uh, economic implications for the poultry industry. And and I do wanna talk to you more about the agency's change of heart. But before we get into that, could we just get everybody on the same page and tell me what exactly is avian leucosis and why is it a concern in processing? It was really not understood um, back in the 1950s when USDA developed their regulations around leucosis. Um, And in fact, um, you know, we've developed a vaccine called Merrick's vaccine that has essentially eliminated um, leucosis from our commercial broiler industry. So over the years, as the, um, the use of this vaccine has evolved and become widespread throughout the industry, the incident rate of these lesions, which you usually found um, on the viscera, has gone to almost almost none and almost completely um, non-existent. Um, so as a result, you know, again, a regulation that was promulgated back in 1950, here we are in 2020, it's nice to take a fresh look at the regulation and say, how have things changed and how can we do things better and be more efficient? And yes, now we don't have to do a whole bird condemnation like we had in the past. And now we can do specific tissues that may be impacted with those lesions and condemn those as opposed to the whole bird. Ashley, when you take a look at the old regulations and the new, what are really the the major changes for processing plants? How does it impact them? The existing regulations require that any lesion um, in a leucosis check Uh, results in the whole bird and the whole carcass. Again, that's the carcass and the viscera both being disposed of and not going into the food supply. Um, The other requirement is that every flock that comes in, and this is all under new poultry inspection system plants only, but that every new flock that comes in, the plant has to notify FSIS and FSIS has to go and inspect the first 300 birds. And that's the carcass and the viscera together, they have to inspect. So what we have asked for and what we believe the agency is going to do moving forward is that um, now if there is a lesion found, it is trimmable to that particular part only. So if if a lesion is found on the liver, then the liver is now condemned, trimmed and condemned, and that there is not going to be a 300 bird check anymore. So now the plant does not have to notify FSIS every time a new flock comes in 
and FSIS doesn't have to change what they're doing, and may that may be a really important food safety task. They don't have to change what they were doing before, and now that there is no more 300 bird checks, so those birds can just go down the line. I, I, however, I will note that um, it is going to be critically important that the industry um, make sure that no lesions continue down to the verification or the carcass inspector um, that's at the end of the line inspecting every single bird. And could you speak a little bit more to the types of lesions that were appearing in processing plants when this was a problem? Yeah, typically it was a, a small white spot on the liver. Um, and there are other things that can cause a small white spot on the liver or other parts of the viscera. And so when they would take the livers um, or spleen or, or what have you and send it off for pathology, normally when that pathology would come back, it wouldn't be avian leukosis complex. It may be something else that caused that lesion. Um, however, um, lesions are still trimmable. Um, and if any lesions are found on the carcass, on the giblets, um, they are still going to be condemned and will not go into the food supply. Does avian leukosis present any kind of food safety issue for consumers? No, it doesn't. FSIS USDA has been very clear that leukosis does not cause an issue in humans. Um, however, as I mentioned, any lesions that are present on the bird, regardless of where they are, are still going to be trimmed and will not go into the food supply. And you had mentioned in your petition that the uh, existing regulations were based on outdated 1950s era understanding of poultry diseases. Would you speak to that a little bit? What has changed uh, our view on avian leukosis? Right, absolutely. I think uh, there really wasn't much known about avian leukosis back in the 1950s. And in fact, I would argue there was uh, little known about a lot of, of avian diseases back in the 1950s. And as scientists um, have gotten more involved in, in learning more about um, the various diseases that can impact our broilers and the more vaccine pressure and, and genetic pressure that we've been able to put, to make, uh, put on our flocks to make them healthier, um, then we have seen a change in prevalence of things such as avian leukosis. So I think it's always a good idea for us to take a step back and see how science and data can help support changes that we want to make um, from a regulatory perspective. And that's exactly what this petition did was outline the science and data that supported a regulatory change. And fortunately, um, USDA agreed with us on that. And so we will be moving forward. And were any new studies conducted to make your point, or were you going on previously published data? We had a, a lot of previously published information. Um, we did have some histology work that had been done uh, fairly recently that looked at um, what some of those lesions really were, and they came back as not avian leukosis. And so again, when as I mentioned, all lesions will be trimmed regardless of where they are and will not enter the food supply. But to say that all lesions are leukosis is scientifically invalid. So Ashley, when you look at this experience with uh, avian leukosis, what are some of the lessons learned? I mean, are there some other problems that processing is dealing with right now where we might be able to kind of walk them back into live production, whether it be the breeder flock or into uh, 
broilers where we might be able to make some adjustments and have a better outcome in processing. Yeah, Joe, so normally our discussions are around food safety. So I'm going to have to put my food safety hat back on and we're going to have to talk about salmonella. Um, salmonella, of course, is one of the biggest opportunities we have in the processing plant. And if we can use um, vaccine pressures in live production to help um, decrease the load of salmonella coming into the processing plant, then that I think would be a good example and would be similar to the um, wide use of Americ's vaccine that the broiler industry has adopted, which impacted avian leukosis in a very positive way. And so again, I think a salmonella vaccine um, used in, in broilers or breeders has the potential of impacting salmonella in the plant as well. Ashley, we've talked about what a big win this is for the poultry industry, but what about consumers? If we're trimming these lesions off of the carcasses, um, is the rest of the carcass okay? Is there any concern um, about the wholesomeness of this product? That's a good question, Joe. Um, uh, the consumer absolutely is still as safe as they were before. Um, all the carcasses, um, even if they have been trimmed, are being inspected by USDA prior to going further down the line. And so that is a regulatory requirement that no matter what, um, all chicken and all parts get um, inspected by USDA. What is also a win, um, not only to the industry, but also to the agency, uh, because USDA was taking time at the beginning of every flock change in order to inspect these birds and look at uh, the, the viscera associated with the carcass. And now they're not gonna have to do that, um, which again, now they can focus really on true food safety issues in the plant and save that time and use that time elsewhere. So what's the next big goal for a National Chicken Council in terms of uh, USDA Food Safety Inspection Service? Do you have any other rules that you would like to see changed? Before we do that, I do wanna thank the whole industry for helping the Chicken Council develop this petition. It was a team effort. We had um, all of our integrators involved in developing this petition, which we submitted to the agency uh, early in 2019. So a huge thank you to all of our industry partners uh, for help making this a success. And we've got to get the leukosis rule actually changed um, because just because they've granted the petition, they still have to go through rulemaking. So they'll issue a proposed rule, we'll have a comment period and then issue a final rule. So we still have to see that to completion. Um, and then the next thing is going to be uh, focusing on line speeds for uh, plants that are in the new poultry inspection system, which we hope um, to see some traction on in the upcoming months. Okay, well, we'll have to leave it there. Ashley, um, good luck in all your endeavors, and we look forward to uh, keeping track of all of your activities, and we hope that you'll join us again soon. Thank you. We've been talking to Ashley Peterson. She is Vice President of Scientific and Regulatory Affairs for the National Chicken Council. Thanks again, Ashley. Thank you, Joe, for having me. Thanks for listening to the Poultry Health Today podcast. To get the latest news and interviews delivered to your inbox twice a week, subscribe to our e-newsletter by visiting poultryhealthtoday.com slash join.